Hello and welcome to End Goals, an LCMS Youth Ministry podcast. I'm host Reverend Mark Kiesling and I'm with DCE Juliana Schultz. We're here to bring parents, church workers, and lay leaders discussions and resources to help your youth ministry meet its end goal, which is young people who are disciples of Jesus Christ for life. Today, we're going to talk about how to approach tough discussions around depression and anxiety in youth ministry. We know there are a lot of hard discussions that happen in adolescence, and certainly that is not new. (laughs) That has always been the case, especially in youth ministry. And there's discussions that can be challenging for you as a youth leader to navigate, Uh, yet they're so very important for us to have, not just once, but again and again and again, and to, to really be prepared for. And I am, I know Mark is too, really grateful for the youth leaders all over who are willing to jump into these uh, hard topics, into these hard spaces with their teens. Uh, So this fall, we're going to be doing a series uh, where we're going to bring some fantastic people who have uh, some great expertise to help give us reminders and better equip us all to have some of those hard conversations around mental health and bullying, addiction and suicide and more. So today we're going to talk about depression and anxiety in the lives of young people. The 2021 Mental Health America report tells us that youth ages 11 to 17 were the most likely age group to have moderate to severe depression. In the 2019 youth poll that we conducted within the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate, 33.3% of teens said that they had struggled with mental health issues in the past year, and another 10% said they had struggled in the recent past. Also, 50% have said that a close friend or a family member has struggled with mental health issues in the past year. And we certainly expect those numbers to go up when we get the 22 results uh, from this last year's youth gathering. And so certainly an issue uh, that we receive a lot of questions from adult leaders and from other people investing in young people, but the young people themselves about how do I understand this, as well as maybe help friends and family members who are struggling. So joining us to talk about these issues today is Jamie Nichols. Jamie is a licensed professional counselor associate serving in the Austin, Texas area. She also has 18 years of congregational youth ministry as a director of Christian education in multiple LCMS congregations. She is married to Kobe and has three wonderful children. Jamie, welcome to the Angles podcast. Thank you. It's good to be here. Well, we got to hear really briefly a little bit about you in the intro, but tell us a little more about your vocations and other things that bring you joy. Yeah, I um, just recently entered the counseling world, and so that's one of the biggest things that brings me joy right now. Uh, I've been counseling for about nine months, Mm -hmm. and I can remember sitting with my first client, and it was during COVID when I was like in school and um, starting to see clients. And so it was online, right, which we've all experienced now and love and enjoy online things. but. Um, and I was really, really nervous. Right. And then I got done. I was like, how am I going to talk to one person for 50 minutes when I don't know what we're talking about? Mm -hmm. Right. I'm entering into this conversation with like, okay, tell me what you want to talk about. And I got done and it was the most joy filled, like, oh, God, this is what you made me for moment that I have ever had uh, in my life. So that is probably one of the um, greatest things that I've experienced in the most recent history of my life. I also have three kiddos who I love um, hanging with, watching their sports and their activities, uh, anything from soccer to choir to um yeah, you name it, they're involved in it. Um, and hanging out with my husband too. So 
yeah, we do all kinds of fun stuff. That's great. Well, one of the things we love to hear from those who are on the on the show and those who care for young people is about their junior and senior high school year experience. Uh, can you share maybe about how Jesus used a key moment or moments or people to keep you or bring you closer to him and the church? Yeah, absolutely. Um, actually, junior high and high school is probably uh, the most formative times in my faith walk. Um, I had a DCE and also a youth leader who was our eighth grade teacher as well, uh, who poured into us. We didn't have a youth group before that. Um, so we would go like on Sunday nights, right? And there was, I don't know, three of us, five of us, uh, week after week. Um, but they were there and they were present and continued to share the love of Jesus with us week after week uh, and just like knew us Mm -hmm. in a way that no one else in our lives really showed up for us in that way Um, and always wrapped it in the bow of, right, we love you, but even better, like Jesus loves you even more than we love you like this. And so to be able to experience that love and that being known and being seen um, and know that Jesus loves me even at a deeper level than that uh, really, really shaped just my faith walk in general. Wow, that's fantastic. Uh, we, we love uh, leaders that can really pour both of those things that we love you and that Jesus loves you into their young people. Uh, what do you love? You've had lots of experience working with young people in the congregation. What do you love about working with young people and their parents? And now maybe even in your new context um, or yeah. new ways. Yeah, um, they're fun. It's just a lot of fun. You never know what to expect, right? right? Like every moment could be something totally off the wall and different. Uh, and yet at the same time, they are so hungry um, to be seen, to be in relationship and to know who God is. Honestly, they're willing to ask the hard questions. They're willing to dive into the hard topics. And I love being able to walk with them as they kind of dig into that and and shape their understanding of who God is, who this world is, how did he make me to interact in this world? We know in those times of fun, we know too, like you said, those discussions you want to have sometimes can be maybe a little intimidating uh, to have maybe around mm-hmm. some specific topics. And so that's where we wanted to dig into some of these, partly just to maybe give um, adults who work with young people who maybe haven't had the experiences to be able to think that through a little bit, be prepared for it. Um, and then also maybe to give a good foundation to, to either provide answers or to point young people into uh, safe places to have those conversations or to get, again, the meat of God's word. I'm going to be reassured by his promises for us. So want to jump into kind of that conversation around mental health and anxiety. I mean, we know that Gen Z has many young people who are struggling with mental health at various levels of intensity. Uh, we said some data in the intro, but also Pew Research found that about 70% of teens say that anxiety and depression are significant problems among their peers. Uh, what are some of the basic things youth leaders need to be aware of when it comes to depression and anxiety? Yeah, that's a great question. As I was kind of praying and preparing just for this talk and being with you guys today, um, the thing that kept coming up for me over and over is um, to know that they're real, 
right? So when a student comes to you and is struggling with those things, it is not something that they are seeking attention for or making up or um, that you need to be afraid of even. Yes, it can feel overwhelming, but that's the first thing is this understanding and knowledge that it actually is real. There is scientific research that shows that our bodies are different when we're experiencing depression and anxiety than they are when we feel loved, seen, safe, and secured. Um, and so to, to walk into that with that base knowledge and understanding that this is real, it's just as real as them walking up to you at a youth event and being like, I think my arm's broken, right? You wouldn't be like, oh, stop looking for attention. You would absolutely, let's get you the help you need. So, I I think one thing, when I think back, I don't know, Juliana, you're a little younger than I am, so maybe it was different for you. I feel like, man, that is one area that has improved so much. And that's both, I think, Mm -hmm. like in a public school situation, but also in the church. To be able to talk about them, I I think we just didn't have the language and didn't really understand them as well when I was growing up to where like, man, I just feel so bad now when I think what labels we put on peers growing up. And I think we just have such a deeper Mm -hmm. understanding, which helps that conversation a little bit more to recognize that and and start there. So thanks for bringing that up to start. Yeah, something really important to know about depression and anxiety too is that there are all kinds of reasons that they uh, show up in teens and adolescents and in adults too. Um, but it's not just one cause. So it's not, you know, oh, a lot of the buzzwords are the serotonins and, you know, the hormones that we hear about through all of the medications. It's not just chemical. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes chemicals in your brains play a part in it for sure. Um, but it's also what they have encountered in society. So COVID will have a lasting impact on Mm -hmm. how their brains are processing and um, it will have effects. Um, It could be just developmental and where their brains are at as they're progressing in adolescence, right? It could be family circumstances. They could experience um, bullying at school. It could be one of these things and it could be all of them. It doesn't just come from one source. Um, and so as we're looking at depression and anxiety, a lot of times they're mixed together, right? You'll see both of them together, um, but they're not always. And anxiety can kind of be brushed off sometimes, but anxiety actually um, leads to some of the behaviors that you might identify as more problematic. Um you're going into avoidance, um, maybe isolation. You're going into uh, fear-based things where you start to withdraw, uh, or maybe the OCD-type symptoms where things, the perfectionism and things have to look a certain way. And so the, the more we can get to it at stage one, mm-hmm. let's say, instead of at stage four, uh, the better it will be for healing and growth and opportunity in that. 
Yeah, I think, you know, it's it's great to hear. Do you find that uh, that young people now are much more open about talking about what's going on in their mental health, especially around depression and anxiety? I do. Um, but there is still a generational gap that it's not necessarily being heard in all environments. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of families that I work with that you know, maybe mom and dad or just, you know, in general, the people they interact with still don't understand what's going on, which rightfully so, right? They're not counselors. They're not psychiatrists. Like they, they shouldn't necessarily understand the details of it, but yeah. So I think they're more willing to talk about it. Um, I don't know. I think there's still that knowledge base of like, okay, so you said it. I'm not sure what to do with that. Yeah. And certainly we know that there's still a lot of stigma around it, even in our culture, mm-hmm. even as young people are are getting better about seeking treatment and and talking about it. We know there's still a, a lot of of stigma and like you said, shame maybe even um, it, around it. Yeah, particularly can be in the church too. The church can certainly be um, guilty of that. Uh, do you see what are some of the misconceptions that you hear um, around that when it comes to depression, anxiety, especially in teens? Yeah, and when you were just talking that, it made me think of one of the big ones is that it's not a lack of Jesus. Mm. It's not a lack of faith, right? Like there is this misconception that. Sometimes if we have Jesus, right, everything will be fine. Well, we know that's not true. Like Jesus says, right? Like in this world, you will have trouble, but I have come to over, you know, I have come. I am with you. Um, don't, um, don't be afraid because I am with you. He doesn't say you won't be afraid. He says, I am with you in that. And so the realization that yes, they can have faith. They can love Jesus. They can be growing in their faith mm-hmm. and still struggling with these things. That's a big, mm-hmm. that's a big one. Um, also, um, I think another one just in the church world, it's not um, their individual work to do, which mm-hmm. kind of seems weird. But as a body of believers, it actually is our calling to to heal with people. Um, And there's all kinds of research and neuroscience that shows that um, actually healing does happen in community and in between people. And so that, that call as brothers and sisters in Christ to step into that with people um, is important. It's not one size fits all, right? Mm -hmm. My depression will look different than your depression. Then may look different from someone else's depression. Just because you're depressed doesn't mean you're sad. Just because you're anxious doesn't mean you're afraid. It may present differently in different people. Yeah, and just as you think about your individual youth, individual um, contexts are going to happen within that process. So as a youth leader, again, you might find yourself in those situations where teens are sharing important things like struggles with anxiety, maybe even self-harm suicidal ideation, some of the things that, you know, go up the scale in terms of maybe even what the response might be. Um, what are some of the things youth leaders need to know about setting good boundaries in those discussions? And then also maybe, you know, what are those areas to where it's it's time to go to that community and say, we need to get other help in this conversation? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the big things is to, 
to not be afraid to have those boundaries. Sometimes we feel like if I say like, I love you, but now's not the time to talk about that, um, that it will be hurtful. And it's not, Mm -hmm. right? Um, As a youth leader, our job is to protect all of the youth. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I lead a group right now. And one of the guidelines for the group is um, no risky details. Right. If we if we ask you, hey, that'll be um, really important to talk to with your individual therapist. That's their cue to know, like, okay, maybe I'm sharing a little bit too much. Um, And I think, right, like coming up with maybe your own phrase for um, what will you say in a group setting that says, like, Hey, I love you. Let's talk about that offline. Hey, I love you. Can we talk about that after so that we can get to some of the other kiddos that are wanting to share? Um, and that that's important in group settings. In individual settings, it's going to be the boundary of recognizing your own limitations as a youth leader. You have been called and put in that position um, as their youth leader, not necessarily their counselor, not their psychiatrist. You're also not their basketball coach, right? So, and being able to see, right, that I don't have to be everything to them. I can join them and support them, but my job might be to say, yeah, that that's definitely above my pay grade. Let me walk with you to people who can help you. Yeah. Are there um, some things you might identify in that team? So that, say they're talking to you one-on-one or even the things that you're noticing with them in the group in general that would lead you to maybe approach that young person or their parents uh, about their mental health um, mm-hmm. and what's going on with them? Yeah. Um, that's one of the harder things about mental health is that there's not one size fits all. It doesn't look the same. And there's not only one cause, right? So it could be anything from trauma to environment to personality to just hormones. Um, It could be all of those things. Uh, And so it's going to look different. But the best gift that you can probably give your youth group members is knowing them so that when you notice changes, that's where you can step in and be like, man, Julia, you know, like something seems a little different today. Like, are you doing okay? Right. You know them well enough to be able to start to recognize like, oh, this is a different pattern. I'm not sure what's going on, but your red flag kind of goes up. Like there's an alert of, hmm, I wonder if they're struggling with something. Um, That would be my first line, right? I would look for those kind of warning signs of just in general care of my youth group of how can I just see them, know them. Um, Some of the other things, teens, depression shows up as irritability a lot. Um, Now that would be like severe irritability, right? Regular everyday (laughs) irritability. But that is a common teen symptom. Um, 
And then, right, changes in eating. But these are going to be more probably what parents are going to see, changes in eating, changes in sleeping, uh, grades, um, that kind of stuff. But even if they come to you and start talking about some of that, that's worth noting, mm -hmm. right? If they're talking that they're having trouble sleeping, that that deserves more questions. Or if their grades all of a sudden have dropped, hmm, what's going on, mm -hmm. right? Like, I, I wonder, have you always struggled with your grades? That kind of stuff. Are there things in those conversations where you would immediately red flag that and say like, hey, that's a, we need to get a professional into the mix of this? Um... Or, or that you would make yes. that recommendation to their parents. Yes. I think, right, of your own judgment, including the parents as much as you can, just in ministry in general, um, as you're knowing their kid, letting them know what you know about their kid is very important. Um, as far as getting a professional or having that recommendation for parents, no. I, I may be a little biased. I would tend <laughs> to uh, refer quicker than not. There's no harm, right, in referring them to someone. Um, there's no harm in getting that help, even if it's not, quote unquote, diagnosable depression, anxiety, right? They're still going to benefit from that healthy relationship. Um, but yeah, and maybe it's just like, hey, mom and dad, I know, you know. Susie's been struggling or has mentioned for a few weeks now that she's been struggling. You might think about getting some extra support for her. Um, I know this counselor or I know this Christian counseling place. Um, if you want more help or more ideas, just let me know. Kind of conversation. Yeah. Right. Sometimes it's those, again, an additional person with that conversation that can bring out things that, uh, you know, maybe maybe the people who know them very well there might be some uncomfortability in having that conversation. And so having a, a fresh set of ears on that can be a, a blessing in that conversation. Um, yeah. So that when you have a situation where maybe a diagnosis does become a little bit more known uh, in a community, uh, maybe diagnosis of depression or anxiety, uh, what are some of the ways that, that you as a, maybe an individual youth leader, but then also maybe the community that you've talked about, how can you support them and, and how can you bring maybe other adults and other youth too, their own peers along and supporting them as well when it's maybe known or they're comfortable talking about it, whatever it might be in that context. Because there is that stigma, um, there is still this fear sometimes in talking about it, especially if there is a diagnosis or you know maybe someone has gone and gotten help and now is back in the community. Um, it feels like we should keep it quiet. Mm -hmm. Um which is such a tricky lie of Satan, right? He wants to keep things in the dark. Um, and the reality is that it is only in um, loving those pieces of them that and seeing that part of them and still loving them. So they're not going to know, oh, they love me even though I'm depressed as a teenager, unless I say, hey, I know you're struggling with depression. And I just want you to know I'm here for you in that. And if there's ever times that you need to talk, right, to actually name it. Um, because when you name it, they feel seen. Mm -hmm. um, they may 
appear embarrassed or appear um, like, oh, you know, don't talk to me about that. We know that's true for any teenagers on any topic that you try to talk to them about, right? <laughs> and it's not necessarily about how they respond to you, but about how um, they perceive you, how they feel you approaching the subject. The more we keep it quiet, the more they internalize, this is something of shame that I need to hide. And so I would say that, right? N obviously not like blasting it on the text string, like, hey, Susie's uh, dealing with depression. Make sure you do this, this, and this. But, right, like as you would um, a broken arm, like, mm -hmm. hey, Susie, like I know your arm hurts. Like let me know if you need anything while you're here tonight or um, whatever it is. Really helpful stuff, I think, for, for youth leaders. Uh, we know that this is going to continue to be a conversation that is going to be had in, in youth groups um, all across the country. <laughs> like, I mean, it's it, the statistics tell us that, like, this is um, just as prevalent in Christian communities as it is anywhere else. And so certainly to, to be aware of anything else you would you would give as uh, encouragement to uh, a lay leader or youth leader as they're um, approaching some of this topic in their youth ministry? Uh, encouragement, just that they are in the place that God wants them right? It may feel scary. It may feel overwhelming and over their head, um, but they have a God who stands with them in this, and they act actually are the hands and feet of Jesus in this moment. And what a cool opportunity to be able to, to represent, to show how God loves his people in the darkest of places and in the brokenness. Um, and what an honor to be called to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Jamie, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, yeah, thanks for having me. Well, Julianne, I know this is a topic that is near and dear to your heart and yeah. life experience too. Uh, when we talk about it, you have a depth of knowledge and just experience of being able to talk about these things. Tell a little bit about your childhood. <laughs> so my dad uh, was the director of mental health services yeah. for um, both the state of Kansas and then the state of Iowa. And so certainly became keenly aware um, as he did that work of just how um, important uh, it is to have the right care right. for people who are struggling in those ways, um, who are struggling with mental illness, um, and really the stigma around right. that right. and the many ways that he saw um, just stigma really injure um, uh, people who were struggling to try and find health and wellness within um, a diagnosis of mental illness. And um, I really appreciate, you know, that, that Jamie pointed out that there is so much information out there that says when a person has a community of people around them who are loving and caring mm -hmm. for them, that that does make such a dramatic um change in the, their ability to navigate and find um, sustainable health um, despite maybe um, struggling in those kinds of ways uh, with mental health. And so um, I really love that idea of like, we, we need to treat this seriously. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, we want to we be honest about it. We want to be real about it. But that doesn't stop the community from from coming around us and, and caring for us just like we would any other illness. Yeah. And I, th I think so much too, Liz. Uh, like around the stigma side, I think if you would have talked to me when I was young about what mental health was, it would have been something that's far off or not necessarily right in my life. And thinking about how 
I would have had my own struggles when I was younger, or then also friends too, to be able to say like, no, these are issues, right? In our churches, in our communities, in our schools, yeah. in our families, uh, that we can have healthy conversations about and be able to notice some of those things to be able to, again, out of love for them, talk, help, give support, pray, point them to scripture, those types of things that again, can bring relief and comfort and uh, both the times that are maybe really intense and then those that maybe aren't so much either, but yet still, like I appreciate, I think she kind of said those warning signs, those early signs to be able to have right. those conversations. Yeah. And just like we will, we're going to see a spectrum um, when it comes to the impact of mental illness on our young people. Um, <laughs> we also as adults are going to have a spectrum of understanding, right? Everybody's going to come from a different baseline. Right. So not only do maybe I I know um, a little about that, but also you know, I've, I've spent time with the counselors before, right? Um, struggled with anxiety in the past. And so one of those things that we uh, can do is, is be honest about what our experience is and mm-hmm. whether that saying, hey, I really don't know a lot about this. <laughs> I don't know what this feels like. I'm not really sure how to help, but help me to to walk alongside you and help me to figure it out with you so that I can care for you or being able to come up to them and be honest and real and say like, yep, I've been to a counselor. It's not scary. It's going to be fine. Like, they're, they're, Jamie's nice. They're all nice. They really, they really want the best for you. Right. Um, and to be able to normalize that to some degree, um, to be able to say like, Hey, yep, that's a, everybody's going to go through, um, times in their life where they might need that. And whether that's, um, just to be helpful to walk through a difficult mm-hmm. time or whether mm-hmm. that really is to deal with a particular mental illness, like a, a depression or anxiety, mm-hmm. uh, to be able to talk through those things openly and honestly becomes really important. Mm-hmm. I know one thing we talked about, even in prepping for uh, this episode too, to talk about, I think Jamie touched on it, but just be real specific about, you know, no, know the, um, I guess, gifts that are in your church um, and whether that's, again, you know, the staff situation. Um, if you're not the pastor, you know, have that appropriate time when, you know, pastor can be brought in for spiritual care, um, you know, whatever those needs might be, but just so that your pastor is aware, again, in appropriate times of what's going on, um, so they can be caring for that young person if it's something they're comfortable talking with and be able to have that conversation too. So that again, the, the spiritual leader of the congregation knows, and um, so those people are praying for them, lifting them up in prayer, um, are well aware of the situation too, so that those healthy relationships continue to be nurtured um, in that way, that even if, you know, the pastor is not the primary person in youth ministry, that certainly know of what's going on within the yeah. congregation. And that posture can be really helpful in helping you identify, hey, are there any local resources mm-hmm, right. that are available to us, whether that's a Lutheran counseling service, whether that's a Christian counseling service, mm-hmm. you know, um, do they have any awareness of supports that can be provided, even if that's something like a Stevens minister right. or mm-hmm. um, like what is around, I mean, pastors and, and other church workers can have just a wealth of, right. of uh, access and resources that it's good to know about, both ahead of time right? right so hey what's available so that i know when i get to that but then also hey we're in the middle of this this particular situation how can we how can we reach out and and use that uh, i know uh, that's one thing i think you know i, I think it's in, improved and increased with the desire to talk about this and i sometimes i find a hard time that maybe we're young or, or excuse me where adult leaders wouldn't necessarily know those resources out there i think there's so much more than when i was growing oh, up for sure um, yeah. and just the conversation's different so i know you really encouraged us as a staff to do one um that i just if you want to talk about it a little yeah. bit is one that's accessible easily accessible to parents congregations just to be able, I, I, and I think the biggest thing that helped me in doing this was just as a good reminder um just about how to be looking and be observant and right. then to have the confidence to 
enter maybe into a conversation with a young person you see that might be struggling. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, mental health first aid mm-hmm. is a great resource. Um, it's uh, depending on how you do it, either an eight hour day or some online work in like a four to six hour mm-hmm. day. Uh, the great thing about it is they're going to treat this like you would first aid and CPR. Right. So um, you are not going to become a doctor. You're not even going to become <laughs> a paramedic. Right. right? Um, they're going to say like, hey, you are just going to be able to know enough Mm -hmm. to do the right things and to say the right things in order to care for that person until professional help can be sought, right? Which is a really beautiful way of thinking about it, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, you have access to these classes. If you go to their website and we can put the link in the, in the information uh, to be able to, um, take these classes. Uh, you can go as a group uh, here in St. Louis and I know in other places as well. Um, I was able to go for free because it was mm-hmm. sponsored through grant money. Um, they have an adult version. They also have a youth version. Um, the youth version is really going to be broadly helpful, but it's also going to talk specifically about how to care for adolescents mm-hmm. um, and how to distinguish um as Jamie said, uh, normal kind of mm-hmm. <laughs> adolescence mm-hmm. uh, from mm-hmm. from what might be a, a problem. And then how do you walk through that? How do you um, make sure that they're connected uh, to the resources that they need to? And how do you do that in a healthy and supportive way? So mental health first aid is a really uh, great resource uh, and one that we I'd strongly encourage uh, youth leaders, hey, take your group, do it. Yeah, right. <laughs> take your adult leaders, go out uh, and, and have some people trained in this uh, so, because you think you'll walk away with it, uh, like you said, being able to go like, "Yep, yeah, I can walk into that that conversation with a, a level of confidence maybe I didn't have before." Yep, and, and we did it as a staff and uh, some gathering planners did it. That was in the time of COVID. That was all yeah. online, and then we did it um, at the end of National Lutheran Youth Workers Conference in uh, Houston as well. And so we got great feedback from people who uh, participated in there as well. Yeah, and and being able to do things like this, um, mm-hmm. be able to identify your local counselors, mm-hmm. um, all of those are great ways that you can prepare right now, um, knowing that it's really possible that down the road you're going to need to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. So, really important things for you to be thinking about, and and certainly know uh, that uh, you are not alone <laughs> as you are approaching some of these difficult conversations with your young people. So, a couple of closing questions for you to consider. Uh, first, how can you prepare yourself and other youth leaders for when a young person struggles with depression and anxiety? What is one resource you might read, watch, or be trained in that will increase your capacity to understand mental health concerns and how you can help? And finally, how can you foster a community that can come around a young person who's struggling with their mental health? Uh, we will continue to keep you in our prayers as you step into difficult times with young people, including those who are struggling with depression and anxiety. May God give you wisdom, compassion, love for them and their families in those difficult times so that God's church can be a place of support. Engels Podcast is a production of LCMS Youth Ministry and KFUO Radio. To find out more about LCMS Youth Ministry or to find links to resources mentioned, go to kfuo.org slash youthministry. Thank you for listening and caring for the young people of our church. Music